and difficulties obstruct the way. Then a prayer can bring forth miracles. When we pray, we accept the impossible. When we pray, God performs great things. When we pray, miracles happen. I love dreaming. It's okay to dream from time to time. To imagine what will happen, what will be, but not too extremely. A trail in the horizon means hope. A trail in the horizon means that everything is over. I've been dreaming once before, so I started small. The dream must be big. That's how life begins to be alive. I've been dreaming of a free parking space in the city. Keep on dreaming. You live in Zurich. <laughs> the dream of an own company. That's how dreams begin. That's all just hot air. Well, my dream came true in a car park. Whoever dreams a lot can only be disappointed. True, for 25 francs, not a really cheap dream. Whoever dreams can only lose money, trust, without hope and dreams. A person dies at least inwardly. Whoever doesn't dream can at least rejoice in the little that comes to be. Maybe I should dare to do more, tackle bigger things. There is no too big, too daring, no impossible dreams. Rely more on faith and hope. Let the dream become a prayer. I dream of an own house, a night in the Caribbean, a new sofa, a phone call from my brother, a healed tinnitus. I believe in experiencing God's greatness. And maybe one day <laughs> to win against my little Lisa in memory. <laughs> I dreamt, I hoped, and I was disappointed. And faith takes courage. I believe in God the Father. All power in heaven and earth belong to him. And to expect great things takes trust. I trust a little, a lot. What do I really wish for? What 
do I desire from God? That gives me security, not to trust too much. And do I have confidence in him? He is for me. He loves me. He blesses me in his way. Work hard. Then you might achieve something. I, I dream of, um, I dream of so much. I don't dream anymore. Wow, how are you guys doing this afternoon? Great, okay, I don't know. I don't know. I, we, we talk about dreaming this afternoon. I have no idea where you are in the spectrum of all of these three people here. Maybe you are a person full of faith, full of dreams, full of believing in the impossible because you know for God nothing is impossible. Maybe you are too blessed to be stressed and you are experiencing miracles every day, day in, day out, from morning till night. And everything is running smoothly and everything is great and you still have dreams and you are living by faith. Maybe you are a person like that. But maybe you are more of a person on the other side of the extreme where you have lost confidence in a God that could actually do impossible things because out of your experience, nothing is really happening. You've dreamed big. Maybe you are wishing for something big. Maybe you thought God told you something and it never happened and you lost your faith and your hope and you are not dreaming anymore. And you say, I don't know, but uh, it's impossible anyway. I don't dream anymore. Or maybe you are in between. Maybe you think, yeah, God could do stuff, and I've experienced a little bit of that already, but I don't know what to dream or how big my God is, and I arrange my dreams uh, more in the realistic side, having a parking lot for 25 bucks. <laughs> Maybe you have different areas of your life where you have different faith. That's, that's how I feel sometimes. You know, I have big dreams and big faith in these areas of my life. And there's other areas of, of, my, of my life where I haven't experienced yet this impossible God. And I'm not so much dreaming anymore or not even at all or maybe only a little bit. I want to pray now with you, that you experience the same experiences the people of Israel were experiencing when they were saying this in Psalm 126, verse 1, it is written, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Jesus, I thank you that you are here right now. I thank you that you take us now by the hand and you take us into a land where it, nothing is impossible. Take me by the hand and fill me up with faith. Take me by the hand right now during this message and build up my faith, my hope, and restore dreams that I have put to death already. I believe, Jesus, you can, you can touch me right now during this message. Please do so for every one of us. Amen and amen. We are 
um, in the second part of our series. We just started it last week called Pray and Wonder. And as I said, today we talk about the topic of dream big. And um, we were entering into the story of Jericho. And I want to, I want to give you the storyline um, a little bit because it's, it's, it's a fantastic story because uh, God did miraculous stuff. It all started, um, it started where uh, the people of Israel, they were in captivity. They were oppressed by Pharaoh. They were living in Egypt. And then all of a sudden, God gave them a dream. And he actually gave Moses a dream. And he talked to the people of Israel. And he became their leader. And he told them and say, hey, I will lead you into a land of milk and honey. I will take you the, by, the, by the hand. And I will take you out of captivity. And I will... I will help you to be free people again. And I will give you a land of milk and honey, the promised land. And with this dream and with this big vision, they started to walk out of Egypt. Through many signs and wonders it happened. And uh, then they were, and you have to imagine that they were 40 years, 4-0, 40 years. That's almost half a generation. People were dying during that time in the desert. God was doing miracles. He was not anywhere he was doing great things but the dream was it seems to be so far away because they didn't really experience they didn't see the promised land yet and they went through the desert for 40 years and then eventually they were coming closer to the promised land and Moses was sending out spies to, to see what is happening there they were seeing giants and then they were thinking again this is impossible Later on, Moses handed over the leadership of the people of Israel to Joshua, to a guy named Joshua. And there, this was happening. Joshua now was leading the people of Israel, and they were about to enter the promised land. The dream was looking so close to them, and at the same time, it seemed so far away because they were, in stand they were standing in front of a city high on a hill that was famous for being impossible to conquer. Jericho and all the other cities that they needed, they knew they needed to conquer, was impossible to conquer. I brought you a picture of Jericho here, and they were not only one big wall that was 1.8 meters thick. That was the outer wall. No, if you were to break into the outer wall, there was an inner wall that was double as size, 3.6 meters wide, thick. I don't know how thick your apartment walls are, but if you are living in an apartment that is 3.6 meters thick, you can be pretty loud and no one will. <laughs> and God told them, okay, now what you need to do is this. You need to do, Joshua, take your army and walk around the walls of Jericho. And what you need to do is nothing during that. You just walk silently. And you walk six times every day once for six days. You walk around these walls. And then the seventh day will come. And what you need to do then is you need to walk around the walls of Jericho seven times. Six times silent again. And then eventually... On the seventh time, when the trumpets are starting to blow, 
you need to raise your voice and worship me and make some noise and then the walls will come tumbling down. And you know the gospel song, Joshua, for the bad love, Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. And the walls came tumbling down. That's exactly what happened. That is a crazy story. But to come back a little bit, before the walls came tumbling down, it is written in Joshua 6 verse 1, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Isn't that the reality sometimes of our lives? It seems impossible to step in to our dream, to live out the dream. It's Somehow circumstances makes it, make it so impossible to really step into the dream. And it seems at the same time impossible to step out of our normal, stinking, boring life, right? No way out and no way in. This is sometimes how we feel, right? That's the reality. And with age, it doesn't get better, you know? I thought myself this question, is it even possible to live out 70, 80 years all of your life and keep on dreaming? Is it possible to dream continuously for 70, 80 years? Joshua believed and the walls came tumbling down. But I asked myself when I was reading that story, what would have happened if Joshua stopped on round number six on the sixth day? Nothing. Nothing would have happened if he stopped before the seventh round, right? What would happen if you stopped dreaming your dream? Nothing. Nothing would happen if you stop on dreaming. So my first thought to encourage you and to build you up with faith when we talk about dreaming is please keep on dreaming. Never stop dreaming. Never stop dreaming because the most normal thing is to stop dreaming. It's the most normal thing. Scientists say, no, it's not possible to dream, keep on dreaming for 70 years. Neurologists have found out that actually the right side of our brain is more of the imaginative, you know, the creativity, the, the side of the brain that for praying, for dreaming, for inspiration, for intuition, all of that stuff. And the left side of our brain is more the logical, the rational side of the brain. And neurologists find out that while we are aging, the normal process is that our cognitive, the center of our thoughts, switch from the right imaginative side, the dreaming side, to the left, to the left logical side. So the most normal thing as we age is... We stop dreaming, right? And we all experience that. I mean, as a child, everything is possible. I want to be a pilot. I want to be Mr. President. I want to be whatever, you know? And then logic and experience, they stop us from dreaming. We stop dreaming. But I don't think it has to be that way. I don't think it has to be that way that we stop circling around our own Jerichos. There's people in the Bible and there's people in our age and all over humanity that kept proof that you can continue to dream. A lady called Harriet Durr, she dreamt going to college, 
during a time that was in the 19th century where it was normal, not normal for a lady, for a girl, for a woman to go to college. Money and having children kept her from dreaming at the same time. Then her husband died. And half a century later, she still had that dream. And she went to Stanford University. At the age of 67, she got her bachelor's degree at Stanford University. When people were normally starting to get retired, she was just about to start because she had other dreams. She wanted to write books. And her first novel, it's called Stones for Ibera, was published when Harriet was 74 years old. True story. And this book won the National Book Award in the USA. So I guess it is possible. And in the words of Harriet Durr, she says, one of the best things about aging is being able to watch imagination overtake memory. How cool is that? <laughs> so who is right? The neurologist or Harriet Durr? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. It's up to you who's right. You decide for yourself. You decide for your own life who is right. As we age, either imagination overtakes memory or memory overtakes imagination. Imagination is the road to experiencing miracles. Imagination is the road where you start or you continue to, to believe in a big God and your prayers are too big for your own sake to make them happen. It is possible, yes. The more you pray, the more you are using your right side of your brain and the bigger your dreams get. The more you dream, the more you need to pray because your dreams get bigger and bigger. When I was reading that book that is based on our series called Pray and Wonder, it's called The Circle Maker by Mark Bederson. He wrote a very interesting thing that was very freeing to me. Uh, he wrote, dreaming is a form of praying and praying is a form of dreaming. That was so freeing for me because I'm not, typically I'm not a, a man of, 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 of prayer. It's not that I pray for three hours, you know, and I have my prayer book and I have hundreds and hundreds of prayers there. And every day I take three hours of time. There's people like that and I envy them sometimes. I'm not that type of a person. I'm more of a type of a person. I imagine myself when I'm sitting um, uh, on the toilet, for example, I'm daydreaming about stuff that could happen. It's true. Sometimes uh, my, my, uh, my leg is going uh, numb because I sit too long on the toilets because I'm daydreaming of stuff that can happen. <laughs> I'm more of a dreamer. I have visions. I have ideas. My imagination is big, you know. But it was so freeing for me that imagination, dreaming is a form of praying because it unleashes the, your imagination to dream dreams where you need a big God and where you need to get on your feet and where you need to start praying. Never stop dreaming. So Harriet proved it is possible to continue to dream for 70, 80 years of your life. Then why in the world do we stop dreaming if it's possible? I think we stop dreaming because dreaming is a crazy thing. It is crazy. Because you can, dreaming and to speak out your dreams, whatever your, your dreams are, maybe starting a company, maybe finding a wife, maybe 
maybe, receive, maybe getting pregnant and it's impossible for you for some reasons. If you speak that out, your reputation is at stake. It looks foolish if you dream and if you speak out stuff that is so big that it's impossible for you to reach that stuff. You know, drawing prayer circles, walking around your Jericho makes you look foolish. I mean, how foolish were the people of Israel looking when they were silently not saying a word, walking 12 times, six days for six days once, and on the seventh day, six times walking around that city, it took around half an hour, one walk, one round. How foolish were they looking? It's crazy. Dreaming is a crazy thing. How foolish was Noah looking when he was building an ark and it took him 160 years. He was building that ark in the desert. No rain was coming. And he was building and building and building and saying, the flood will come and humanity needs to be rescued. And nothing was happening. He looked stupid. Dreaming is crazy. How crazy looked a little shepherd boy called David with his slingshot and a couple of little stones in front of this huge giant Goliath. He looked foolish. Maybe even the army, the people of Israel, behind David were thinking, what in the world is he doing now? How foolish looked Peter when in the middle of a storm, when Jesus gave him a dream, he said, come, step out. How foolish looked he to stand on the edge of the boat and trying to make his first step to walk on the water. How foolish looked my pastor Leo Bigger, when in the middle of June, he was announcing and giving a presentation in front of our staff meeting how our new office rooms will look like, knowing that we haven't even received back the contract of the landlord. That was a step of faith. How foolish looked Jesus with his, with his crown of thorns And people were saying, if you really are God, then come down. You can make everything. And he didn't come down and he died. How foolish did he look? Dreaming is a crazy thing. Because your reputation is at stake. Two years ago, almost two years ago, Christmas 2013, me and my wife and our three kids, we went home to Germany and we were spending time with my family and um, the second part of the Hobbit movie was coming out into the movies and I wanted to go into uh, the movies with my little brother. I mean, he's not little, he's actually bigger than me, but he is uh, younger than me and his wife. And we were driving to um, the movie theater into the next city for about half an hour and we went to the uh, we make reservations and we wanted to get the tickets and then they told me uh, yeah the um, we don't the, the showing it has been canceled I said, well, the showing has been canceled I want to see my hobbit moving <laughs> and I want to have a good time with my brother and my um, sister-in-law And so the movie got canceled and we said, hey, we might as well go now to, to have a grab a, a cup of coffee and, and, and talk about life. What, what I knew is that they were really struggling to wanting to have babies. They already had two miscarriages and it was a very sensitive topic and they were crying and it was, it was, the second miscarriage was just 
They were just over it. It happened a couple of weeks ago during that time. So I asked them, I said, might as well have a, have a deep conversation. And we don't see each other often. So I asked them, how are you doing with that? Niels, how are you doing? And Sarah, how are you doing with, with having two miscarriages? And you want to have children and it's not working. And uh, obviously they started to cry in the middle of the coffee um, house and, and we had a deep conversation. And then during that moment while they were crying, I didn't know what to say really, tried to comfort them. I had this little thought in my brain. And the thought was, tell them that next year in May they will get pregnant. And I said, no, Jesus, please. You know these thoughts you have sometimes? They're crazy, huh? They, they come from God. If they are crazy, most of the time they come from God. <laughs> so this time I took all my courage and said, hey, Sarah, hey, Niels, I just had this thought and I, I, I think it's, it's going to happen. I want to speak it out. I want to pray for you now that next year in May you will get pregnant. So I prayed for them, said, amen. And then I thought after my amen, what, ha what if nothing happens? Because I'm known as, the, as the, the, the man of faith, the crazy guy who prays prayers and the pastor and my family, they believe, but some, some of them in a little bit of a different way. And uh, so I had this question, what if nothing happens? And that is one of the biggest questions, right, here about having miracles, um, praying for stuff and nothing happens. What if nothing happens? I want to give you a very e easy answer to that. An answer to a thousand questions you have where you think, what if nothing happens? I want to give you a little bit, I want to tell you a joke to give you an answer of, to this question. There was a man who was trying to size up God. He wanted to see how big God is. And he asked God, God, how big are you? How long? It's a million years for you. And he, God said, a million years is like a second for me. The man said, wow, a second. Then he asked the man, how much is one million francs for you, God? God said, one million francs is like one rappen for me. Then the man had an idea. He smiled. Hey, God, could you spare a and God smiled back and said, yeah, just wait a second. <laughs> Funny joke, but deep, right? Because the question is not, can God? God can, always. The question is, will he? And when will he? That is the question. So, I think we can really believe in a God who can, who is able, who can do everything and leave him up, leave it up to him if he will and when he wills. So our job is not to re-question God if he can because he has proven he can. He can. So our job should be to dream big, to dream crazy and to pray for big things because he can and then leave, leave it up to him if he will and when he will. To not stop circling around Jericho. That is our job. Because if we stop, nothing will happen, right? But if we continue, we need to buckle up and see what God is about to do. Right? Because dreaming 
is not only crazy. Living out your dream is awesome. It is. Dreaming is awesome. Because God can. He can. Dreaming is crazy because you need to take a risk. Maybe you need to risk your reputation. Yes. But dreaming is awesome when stuff is happening. There was a little boy in front of 5,000 people when Jesus was preaching and the crowd got hungry and he didn't want to send them away. And then this little boy came and said, I have in my lunch bag, I have uh, five breads and uh, two fishes. Crazy. This little boy. What can you do? Andrew, one of the disciples, said the following to Jesus. He said, here is a boy, uh, Jesus, with five small barely loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Uh, Jesus, in other words, let me do the math. Um, he is this little boy and he has, Jesus, just to make sure what we are talking about, there, he has five, five, five loaves of bread and two That is one, two, two fishes, right? Okay, that makes seven, that is seven, seven food items, Jesus. Seven food items. There's 5,000 people, just to make sure, yeah? Jesus said, yes, yeah, that's, that's right, yeah? God's math is different. He is, he's, he's different and he loves crazy dreams, so there was this little boy with five breads and two fishes that equals seven food items. But Jesus said, no, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to do the following. Five plus two equals 5,000 people will be fed afterwards. And not only that, ladies and gentlemen, because the people were, 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 were collecting all the leftovers. So at the end, we had a rest of 12 baskets left over. That is more than we had before. That is Jesus's math. That is what he can do. And by the way, a little footnote. What did Jesus do before the miracle happened? Do you know the story? What did he do? He prayed. What did he pray? It is written, if you read the story, I think you need to read it in, 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 in John uh, 6. It is written, he gave thanks. He gave thanks to God before the miracle happened. There were seven food items and 5,000 people and Jesus gave thanks that everybody will be fed now. That is an interesting teaching right here, right? Jesus gave thanks before the miracle even happened. Maybe it is time for you to stop praying the same prayer and to start thanking already in advance. Maybe it's time to not look at the realistic situation, but to keep on dreaming, even if it's crazy. And to imagine how awesome it will be and already thanking Jesus that he is about to do something great. So yes, the Israel army looked foolish while they were circling around Jericho. Yes, David looked so crazy while he was standing in front of Goliath with his little slingshot. Yes, Peter... He looked crazy taking the first step to walk on the water. 
Leo looked crazy in front of our staff. You have, you, you, if you have been there, you know, you need to look at the faces of our staff people when he was giving the presentation and we all knew we need to get on our feet and pray that this contract will be signed. Otherwise, nothing will happen. It looked crazy. And I felt so stupid and crazy when I was speaking out that, that prophecy. In May, you will get pregnant. And Jesus, he looked so stupid with the, thorn, with the crown of, a thorn, of his thorns. Yes, it is crazy, but the result speak for themselves. Here is the result, what is happening. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Noah was saved from this big flood and humanity had a reset and a new start to begin. David conquered and defeated Goliath and the battle one more time was won for the people of Israel. And Peter walked on water at least for a couple of steps. How awesome was that? And if it didn't happen, if it sometimes doesn't happen, there is always Jesus who can take you by the hand again and keep on, helps you, helps you keep on dreaming even bigger afterwards. Jesus, Peter was the one who started the church and he needed to learn how to think big and to learn how to depend on Jesus. And last week we opened our office. Here's some pictures. Leo was giving a speech. And these are the most beautiful office rooms we've ever had. And these are even the most beautiful office rooms the whole ICF movement has ever seen. And it feels so good to be in that, knowing we had to get on our knees and we had to pray for it. And it happened. And in May 2014, I got a phone call by my brother, Niels, and he said, guess what? We are pregnant. And in June, everything was all right, and the heart was beating. And a little bit after that, you do the math, nine months after, in December 2014, Moses was given to Niels and Sarah. They received their first baby, and they received a miracle. And they kept on dreaming and believing. And he told me, when we were in America in our vacation, that was in May, my wife said to me, uh, I don't know, but, you know, God has to be fast now because it's already the middle of May, and uh, you remember what your brother told us, you know, if God really wants to do something, I think he has to be fast now. They didn't know. And then he wrote me an email afterwards when I asked him if I can share the story. He said, for us, this was the biggest miracle. And it's, 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 it, it boosted our faith so big. And thank you so much for not being ashamed of risking your reputation. What is your dream? You have prayer cards. Um, they have, have, should have been given out to you um, at the beginning in the entrance. Otherwise, take your smartphone. That works as well. There's no magic on this card. <laughs> we have a God who looked stupid with his crown of thorns, but he is 
the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And yes, he died at the cross, but he didn't die only. He rose again and he has the power. His resurrection power is the power to resurrect dreams in your lives. Maybe there is a dream that you need to write down right now when we start to worship again, that you need to hold up in front of God and say, hey God, please, please do something. I scratch my little face to faith together and I try to go another mile around, around my Jericho. Please do something, God. I want to depend on your bigness and your awesomeness and not depend on the circumstances I have. So while we start, maybe the band can play a little bit of an instrumental at the beginning. And take this card or take your mobile phone and specifically write something down that God put on your heart. Maybe a lost dream. Maybe something that is so big you haven't really had the courage to write it down or to even speak it out to other people. Maybe it is time this Sunday to resurrect some dreams and to not stop on round number six. So will you please do this experiment with me and write down the dreams, write down the prayer circles you want to circle around. Holy Spirit, I want to ask you that you speak to us right now. You are here and you have proven you are bigger than death, Jesus. So for you, nothing is impossible. You can. And here's my dreams, Jesus. Resurrect them. Make them come alive. Give me faith. Give me courage. believe there's people who have dreamt of starting a company write it down ask God what is the first step into that direction maybe yours maybe you or someone else in your family has been sick for such a long time and you've prayed so many times and you've lost faith write that down right now and during worship hold up these dreams hold up these prayers and expect miracles to happen.